0: Hi, this is Toko US brand manager, Ian Harvey. I'm here with Gus Shoemaker. Gus is a third ranked U23 skier in the world and a US ski team A team member. This interview is to simply catch up and get his thoughts on how his summer training is going and some ideas that he might have. So, hey Gus, um, thanks for taking the time to talk with me. You're in Anchorage now, right? Yes. And um, I know that you've just finished uh, training with a bunch of really fast skiers and friends in Anchorage uh, some of the, the country's best ski racers. Um, I was wondering who's the organizer of this extended training camp for you all or this training group.
1: Um, no one really in particular, kind of just like all of us at camps together. Um, I'd say Luke kind of is good at pulling d- different groups together because he's involved in a lot of these different groups, like US ski team APU and Utah are kind of the big ones. So that was helpful but yeah a lot of it was Luke got or like Luke was going to be up here and a lot of those girls were going to be up here that was kind of a separate thing a little bit yeah and then so then you get like Noel wanted to come up and Johnny wanted to come up and then once they're up like then Ben's then Ben was like oh maybe I come up and then we were all up and uh it got smoking Bozeman so Simon Zink came for a little bit and uh yeah it just kind of came together like that
0: that's cool i think anchorage is a fantastic place to train i do i'm a big believer in low altitude training also i think high altitude there's a lot of issues in training high altitude all all year round i mean um but there are a lot of athletes that came up to you from places that are very good training spots so that's kind of one of the things i was wondering is how did you all decide on anchorage but i guess there's enough people going up there anyway is that pretty much just happened organically
1: yeah, I think it it start like it's a little bit like there's a big group here already a little bit in the I guess with APU but there's also like within our group of like friend group of guys Luke and I are already up here and Johnny really likes it up here so he spent like over two months up here cool and then yeah I think Noel likes the low altitude training Ben doesn't like to leave Vermont that much but. We were able to get him up here for a little bit and it was pretty awesome. I'm glad he made the trip. It is a long travel from the east, so yeah. That's kind of a big deal.
0: So let's talk about who you were who was in that training group. Who were you training with regularly? You're talking about Ben Ogden, Noel Keith, Luke Yeager. Um, who else was in that group? Uh
1: Sam Hendry, Johnny, Hagenbuck, uh Simon Zink was there for a little bit, and then uh, a lot of the APU guys too, like Walker Hall was up there. He's from the Metau. but then like the normal squad of Anchorage guys um, that stay here all summer, pretty much.
0: So was Xander with you for a while too? Um,
1: uh, Mauer. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was more based with Winter Stars, but like I did a good amount of training with him.
0: Mm-hmm. And then some of the APU guys you're talking about, I know you did quite a bit with Zandon, it looked like, to me anyway.
1: Yeah, not a ton, not as much as with those guys, but yeah, did some training with him.
0: And then not so much with David Norris and um, Hunter? For a example. little more,
1: probably a little more with David, although he was gone for a good amount. Did some with Hunter. Cool. Yeah.
0: And not so much Scott Patterson?
1: Uh, not too much. I think a lot of the time when we were with those other guys, it was at APU practice. Um, so Scott was there sometimes, but he does his own thing sometimes also.
0: And my understanding is JC never made it up.
1: He's up here now. So he was in top of all summer.
0: Oh, that's that's great though. There's up there With now.
1: Separate, pretty big. Well, he had a pretty big group too. A lot of those most of those UAA guys are down there for a lot of the summer.
0: But what a fantastic group is. I mean, that's that's literally, I don't want to offend anyone but that's pretty much every top of the top top. I mean, you're missing a couple USK team members, Stratton and uh, and uh, a Sun Valley member is in Norway, but that's, that's a heck of a training group. That must have been exciting for you. Um, I guess before we talk about the, how it was, what female athletes were up there? Because they, they put together a pretty darn good group up there, too.
1: Yeah. Um, Sydney Palmer-Ledger, Novi McCabe, Sophia Laokley. Uh, Kendall? Andy McColgan is Novi's friend was up here for a little bit. And then that APU women's group is also really big.
0: Yeah. Kendall Kramer was there, right?
1: Kendall, yeah. 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 Who else? There are definitely more people. I just, those are the notable ones. Uh,
0: I'm sure they they jumped in with Rosie, for example, and some other um, APUs. Yeah. they,
1: They mostly trained with APU.
0: Yeah. That's great. Okay. So I know traditionally you've always had a, what I would consider a heck of a training group that you've been able to kind of do workouts at APU and you've had some winter stars athletes that you've been able to work with and so on, but this has definitely taken things up a notch. And it's something that the Europeans have always showed us the value of, you know, having really hard, tough training groups. Have you been able to take advantage of, how have you been able to take advantage of this fantastic training group that you worked with all summer?
1: Yeah. I mean, living together was huge. So we, uh, we couldn't, I guess, talk about what we did. We ended up kind of going our separate ways in a lot of sessions, which I think was good. Mm-hmm. So we still like got what we personally needed, but those sessions together yeah. were really fun to like, yeah, you could see weaknesses really well. And that was one thing I had to remind myself of a lot was that uh, these are like the best skiers in the country. And that like, I mean, normally in the summer, I don't get beat a whole lot in, in, in workouts, but that was one where like, especially Luke and like some sprint workouts was really good. And Ben and speeds is really good. and Johnny's really good with L3. So there's always someone that you could look to, which is a little bit new for me. Sometimes I just like, I get a lot of good feedback from Jan, but, uh, to get that feedback immediately from who's around you is, was pretty big. Yeah. Uh, and obviously like yeah, t- being able to talk about technique all the time was cool. It, there was more up front as we were like new and then we like new to each other. We had kind of those ideas that we were playing around with. But towards the end, I mean, we were still talking about it a lot.
0: Yeah. So I'm guessing on your hard days, pretty much everyone was there. And on your long, easy days, it was pretty much just kind of going with a long workout with a friend kind of a thing. Or how was it?
1: Uh, it was a little the opposite because i think the harder days were the ones where we tended to like do different things a little bit like luke and apu those apu guys are doing strength tuesdays and fridays and i was doing strength mondays and wednesdays so that was a little weird and then sometimes i just wanted to do intensity in the places where i normally do intensity so i can like compare times and whatever so there were definitely a lot of times where we just needed to do our own intensity but we also did some big intensity sessions but we also had some like really big group skis which I don't actually love that much
0: (laughs) right so that's a a question I had for you which was I figured you were going to have some kind of issues maintaining not only your training plan but also those workouts that you know that are your kind of measuring sticks and you work for you incorporating that in with this group training thing so there were some compromises you made as well as leaving the group for certain workouts because you weren't willing to give them up huh
1: yeah, and we all did that, and I think that's that was a perfect way to do it. Sure, because if we all come together and throw our individual plans away, I think that is a little counterproductive. But on the days where it all lines up, or like maybe my Winter Star session was one that I don't feel as as effective, or the I didn't, yeah, wasn't ready for it, or I don't, whatever. I, it was nice to be able to be like, yeah, I can totally do that today, and then. Go all in on some kind of newer intervals that, like, I don't do as much.
0: Where, did you have any time trials, head to head stuff?
1: Uh, we did one it, interval start one, or I did one. With, it was just with APU. And I did one with Winter Stars, but we didn't all do one. We were, we kind of wanted to do a sprint one, but there's not a great place to do that in Anchorage. And uh, it was going to be too big of a group to like go in the spots or reviews before
0: mm. yeah so talking about um having such a superb competitive training group one thing one benefit obviously is maintaining focus like you said pretty much every workout there's someone nipping at your heels or challenging you or showing your weaknesses and that that's extremely motivating and it also gives you immediate feedback so it's it's focus uh, heightening right big yeah type.
1: Yeah, it was not there wasn't too like too much of that, I think, is tough. Just like gets mentally draining. But yeah, in those times where you did need some feedback, it was it was there to take advantage of. Because yeah, so if you're training alone, a lot of the time you can go a long time without um that feedback.
0: Yeah, I mean, but, like, let's say you're doing something hard, a sprint or level three intervals or some kind of intervals, and someone's a fast starter or let's say Luke's fast in the flats and you're faster in the climbs, let's just say, for example, then you're challenged in the flats and you're like trying to, trying to figure out how to stay with them more efficiently. So you, you're being pushed there and then you get to the climb and next, to you know, David Norris is next to you. And it's like, God oh, damn, you know? And, yeah. and you get that instant feedback. As soon as you try a different timing in your technique or applying your power, a little bit different, you either move back or you move forward or it gets easier or it gets harder. That feedback is super valuable. huh?
1: Yeah definitely
0: yeah so anyway that's that's cool um so becoming aware of weaknesses and working on working on them is also something that really offers you because it's hard to have a a pulse on that when you're training by yourself huh
1: yeah yeah that's why like training by yourself those like set interval loops are good because you can compare those times and know if you actually are getting faster doing stuff but most of the time you can you can like you would go fast. think you're going faster, but maybe you're just going higher tempo and actually working harder and yeah. going at the same speed.
0: But, but also sometimes you're, you're slow for whatever reason on a transition or on a flat, and you're fast everywhere else, and your time's about the same, so you're not able to put a finger on where you're, what the biggest opportunity is for you to improve on, you know? And you get some other people yeah. with you, and then it's, it becomes quickly apparent where you're stronger and where you're weaker compared to a few people. And then, yeah, it becomes easier to pick up time, huh? yeah, I like that back exactly. so um the fun factor this I imagine this summer's been and as far as the training load, you know the load in your brain and your you know the burnout factor that must have been a blast training with all those friends and great skiers.
1: yeah, it was nice. it went by so quickly, yeah, we. I mean, we did spend a ton of time training, so we didn't do, like, a lot of other stuff, but we had some, like, we went down to Seward for Mount Marathon to watch Sam, and that was fun, and we went to Girdwood for Cirque Series, and so we had a couple nights where we were all, like, together with the girls or something, hanging out. Uh, also, just, like, some barbecues at Luke's parents' house and stuff like that
0: but the workouts themselves were, I'm sure were also quite fun. The distance workouts. I mean,
1: yeah, like, totally. yeah, there wasn't like a need funny. to go out or anything. Cause it was just like, yeah. like it wasn't that much. Men- there was like, I mean, all training is kind of mentally draining, but it wasn't like a total slog. You know, it was pretty fun.
0: Yeah. And you're skiing with some guys that you really enjoy t- spending time with as well as, you know, they're, they're fun and funny, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's cool. Um, Technique workshop, and you started talking about that before, but when you're out in workouts, you ever play around with timing and, you know, different, slightly different modifications of technique and kind of comparing notes?
1: Yeah, definitely. Just like kind of talking about how we feel technique impacts, like us individually and like skiing behind people and watching video afterwards, hmm. just kind of like talking about the theory, I guess, and what feels better for each of us and what we're trying to work on.
0: You were doing a bunch of that in Bend in the spring at the spring US team camp. Was this an extension of that? Or since you guys were, it was kind of like your camp, did you, did you do anything differently in that respect?
1: Um, I guess a little bit in that there wasn't like a ton of coach leadership on like video watching, like in Bend, we sat down and connected video to the TV and went through each of our videos and talked about it, which we didn't do this summer, but it was more like natural, extension i guess of that just like it never stopping kind of um once in a while when we had an idea or like a problem to be like this isn't really working for me but you seem to have an easy time with this like how do you think about it sort of deal
0: yeah well that sounds like a fantastic experience and really fun and um kind of the way that a lot of our uh the lead um teams national teams and clubs in the world have trained for years and it's cool to see you all doing that yeah yeah so have you changed your focus this year at all uh what i mean is are there any changes you've made or some things that you're focusing more on this year compared to in the past either training plan wise or technique or nutrition or approach or anything like that
1: um my training plan is pretty similar to how it's always been I think there's maybe a little more focus on like endurance strength and like making sure distance skis are a little higher resistance so that I have that, like those, yeah. Muscles that don't get tired as quickly basically, hmm. but also, uh, yeah, it's been a big one. I also started using a glucose monitor, like a live glucose monitor, um, from super sapiens. They're like sort of new, but they've, Got some high profile people that have used that. And that's been cool for nutrition, like seeing how different foods affect glucose and how different training affects glucose. Uh, the biggest thing with it was that I didn't know how to use it. So I talked to a bunch of like experts, like US key team dietitian and the people that work at Super Sapiens. So I learned just a lot about fueling in general. Like I eat a lot more during training now because I've learned that that's really big for recovery for the afternoon and will keep my glycogen stores from getting too low. Um so that's been kind of one of the bigger changes I guess is like always having like actually kind of a lot of carbs with me on distance skis.
0: So um, I'd like to learn more about that. Is it a finger prick kind of like a lactate test?
1: No, it's a it's like a continuous finger prick. So it's this like disc that goes on your arm and yeah, it just sticks in once and stays there for two weeks and live streams to your phone.
0: Wow. So you can always see it. And have you been surprised sometimes at having a higher or low glucose, blood glucose level?
1: Yeah, sometimes I'm like, I have no idea why it's doing what it's doing. Like two hours in either direction from a meal, it'll just go up and down or something. Mm. But lots of that, I'm just like, well, they can't really do much about that. It's probably like a stress response or... I had one time where I took a I was taking a final this summer and it was like within the, my like resting zone, but still elevated for the entire time. And I was like, what's going on? And I realized that it probably was connected to like taking this test, which is fine. I've also had some like, like in my time this time trial, we did an uphill skate. It was like 20-ish minutes, and my glucose was super high the whole time, which is kind of cool to just like see what it can do. Yeah, how to fuel that.
0: What about uh, in terms of trying to become more fat-burning? On one hand, endurance athletes such as yourself live on carbohydrates in the hard training and so on. But at the same time, being highly fat-burning is a, is a sign of fitness. It's a sign of having your metabolism dialed in properly. I guess When you, you were mentioning it, you've learned to eat more carbohydrates during your workouts – but have you, is there anything that you look at to see like it, how that is going in terms of your metabolism and fat burning?
1: I'd say I'm really try not to be fat burning in training, especially because in races, I'm not fat burning. Like our races are intense enough that we do burn fat, but uh, the faster and easier energy comes from glucose, glycogen, carbs like so. Yeah, it makes sense to train that system more. And obviously, like in a distance session, you're going to burn fat, but I eat uh, goo and uh, sports drink and sugary stuff because that's mostly what I'm burning. And what I'd like, I'd rather burn that and have my body be efficient at burning carbs than fat. But I guess with the Glucose Monitor, the one thing I noticed was that like I didn't need to be eating carbs for every meal of the day. So like, I would still like, I sort of transitioned a little bit to like eating a breakfast and eating all my meals with focusing more on the protein and fat than I have in the past. And then for the pre-workout snack and the during workout snacks, having that be carb based, but yeah, everything else, keeping it more just like a level, uh, like macro macronutrient, Mm -hmm. uh, Load.
0: I guess, uh, like as I mentioned, obviously carbohydrates is where it's at for someone like you training the way you do, and racing the way you do. What I meant was it's it's one of the components of fitness. I would even say, is being efficient in terms of your energy metabolism, and it's like they have a I think it's called maybe it's called resting or fasting blood glucose levels, and I'm not saying you need to be in that phase because that's not good for your recovery but for you to be efficient in your fat burning is definitely a good thing. And I was wondering if that's something that you could evaluate using your, your blood glucose meter, or if you've thought about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you could do that, but like I said, like I don't think that's worth it for like, from what I've learned from these dietitians and stuff, like, especially the, the performance dietitians with the US ski team and the US OPC, like, uh, like being able to burn fat is a byproduct of training but like that's not necessarily something to focus on and like really try to dial in mm-hmm. because at the end of the day you're not going to use that that much right in my in our sport like sure. 50k you will a little bit but
0: yeah i was uh, just, i wasn't talking so much about performance but more about metabolic health
1: yeah i mean i think that's that's where like you don't need to just eat pasta and toast and jam all the time outside of training. Like your body needs that other stuff to function well. And yeah, carbs are obviously like make your glucose pretty volatile. So to pair it with fat and protein is a lot easier on your, on your metabolism. Yeah. So outside of training, for sure, I'd focus on keeping those glucose levels from, spiking or dropping too much because yeah. that's where recovery is going to be best. And my body is under the least stress.
0: Ooh, cool. Um yeah. what about in terms of technique or your, or your approach to training this year in racing? Any other uh, changes compared to in the past?
1: Always little technique changes. Yeah. Nothing massive, mm-hmm. but doing maybe a little more PT than in the past, just uh, making sure like, especially my feet and ankles are, working well but nothing else too huge do you do that training
0: before workouts or after workouts
1: um kind of whenever yeah i think about it a little bit yeah
0: so it's not part of a warm-up it's part of a body maintenance thing yeah cool i think that's really important and that's overlooked (laughs) very much so yeah how's the weather been in Anchorage this summer
1: Really good. Yeah. It's as normal as it's been, it feels like in the last few years. Just like it's been cool and wet. But yeah, some sun, some clouds. It feels a lot like anchorage, I remember. I'm glad to not have it be super hot like it's been the past few years.
0: I'm very thankful to not have to deal with smoke like you guys. Not only smoke, but pretty much the entire lower 48's been just baking hot all summer. So cool and wet sounds great (laughs) yeah um so outside of your awesome training group have heard there been any other developments this summer you think of having a positive effect
1: um yeah yeah i think uh like this nutrition learning but also uh I got today actually was my first workout on this Abilica treadmill um, from enjoy winter, which was pretty sweet. Like uh, obviously I knew it would be an awesome tool, but having you here, we ran a, a little lactate test and uh, just ended up staying on it for a while because he could see the technique so well and change it really quickly. And that that's one where I do get immediate feedback even probably better than skiing with peers is like, if I change how I do something, I can immediately tell if it feels easier or harder at that speed. Um, and I can see, like, I guess I can see what my heart rate does right away. Uh, and I have a mirror to look at myself so I can see what's going on. Uh, yeah, that, that's going to be such a good tool. He It was cool how like through the hour and a half or whatever on it, he just like kept getting more excited. And he was like, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. He's like, dang, I should, I'm going to start writing this into your plan. And I was like, yeah, like <laughs> this is definitely going to be part of my training. I think every week now.
0: So this is a roller ski treadmill <laughs> and you've got a mirror in front, maybe a camera at some point in the side and your coach there and you can change the angle and the speed and get feedback as well as do max training on it. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So to, to really clarify it's from Belica, it's a classic only treadmill. So it's about a meter wide. Um, It's long enough to stride and uh, kick double pole. I did some bounding too at the end. It just, you get these little like claw feet that go on the end of your poles and they can go up to 15% and 30 kilometers an hour. Uh, And I have a mirror right now I'm going to set up a TV with yeah. Yeah. A side view. So I can look at that in the front Um, and I'm going to get a harness on there too, for if I ever want to go 30 kilometers an hour. But today we're working more around 14 and just boosting the incline.
0: That sounds awesome. And I think a lot of people will be interested in learning more about it. Maybe after you've had a chance to get a lot of experience on it and try different things and different workouts and different things, we can do an interview where we talk pretty much just about your new treadmill and, how you think that you can benefit from it most in case other people might be interested in it because that's something that's really new and exciting.
1: Yeah, and it's cool that it's like, um, like it's fun to be able to do this stuff thinking that other people actually could end up using it because it's way more mobile and more cost-effective than a skate treadmill like that can be five times more expensive or something. So like the average club probably could afford one of these with some uh fundraising and stuff. And I think that would be huge. I mean this one will be uh usable by winter stars too. I think that'll be cool for Jan to be able to have some get some other athletes on there. Cause I think you can make really fast technique changes with him with a coach there telling you things and you can see how it feels immediately. Like if you're on roller skis and you change something, lots of times it'll feel harder. Maybe you're going faster, but it's hard to tell but if you're going the same speed and you switch something and immediately you kind of feel like you're going easier, like that's, that was a big one, but I would be excited to dial in some workouts and share those with people today. I just did like a lactate step test just to kind of see some levels around threshold. And I'll probably try to do that multiple times uh, to compare lactate levels at the same speed and maybe try it with different try double pulling only maybe one time to see what happens there. Yeah.
0: So depending on how much experience, how much you learn, how quickly would it be okay if we did an interview in three or four weeks and, uh, and talk just about the treadmill and all the different opportunities and tricks that, you know, tools it gives you.
1: Yeah. And then in that time, I, I'll definitely try to like do a specific strength workout and probably some long L3 stuff. And Maybe if I get a harness, I'll do some L4. Um, but yeah, I'd like to check back in about that because right. I think I'll know a lot more about it then.
0: Awesome. Let's do it. Um, so outside of training, uh, you mentioned that you had friends with you during the workouts. So you didn't have to do that much outside of it. But did you have, get to do some fun things this summer outside, try to keep things fresh and have a good summer and fun?
1: Uh, yeah, not not quite as much as usual, I guess, just because were, we were a big group and we kind of did stuff together. Uh, let's see. What are some things I did? I had school, too. I had a little more school than I've had in the past in the summer. So I was busy in that regard, too. But, yeah. Um, did you get on the
0: bikes with your dad this year?
1: He, he uh, hurt his thumb, so he hadn't been going out. And then I was, yeah, with these guys and training. So I haven't done it too much, but I will. I'll do it a little more this fall.
0: Um, are you going to be down in Utah for that U.S. team camp in October?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's still the the Delta variant of COVID is making them rethink, I think, how they're going to run it a little bit. But I think we'll still have it. And either way, I'll still go down because my brother is now going to school at the University of Utah. Huh. And Luke and all those guys are there. So even if our camp is canceled, which I don't think it will be, but in that event, I'll still come down and visit my boys.
0: Cool. Well, I hope to see you then. Normally yeah. I'll get to visit with you then. Okay. Yeah. Um, got anything else for me? I don't think so. All right. Well, we'll visit. talk in three to four weeks. Hopefully, you'll have a lot to say about your new treadmill and how to best take advantage of it. Um, yeah. So thanks a lot for spending this time with me today, and good luck in your training, and talk and see you soon. Talk with you and see you soon.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. See ya. ya.